stimulus of D8, you know, what it did to the market. And now we're seeing it, right? I don't know if you're, I'm sure you know, but you know, now we're seeing another drop now in, in uh, cannabinoid, bulk cannabinoids. Um, we sell, we make about 200 kilos of crude a day and at, in Phoenix city. And I'm and I sell 55 gallon drums. That's, you know, that's, so I see, we have seen a, a drop from pricing. We got up to about $120 a kilo. Uh, and now we're back down around 75, $85. Hey guys, it's Mandy with global hemp association. I wanted to say thank you so much for joining. I'm excited about the opportunity to build a relationship and connect this supply chain. I mean, after all, that's why we started the association. Our association was built on the foundation of connecting supply chain, building relationships, and helping you grow your business. Anyone from farmers, manufacturers, and distributors, people that are passionate about the supply chain, and those creating products selling into biofuels, plastics, textiles, construction, and building materials. Okay, so we're live, but real quick, I want to know whose flag is that behind you? That's my father's flag. Okay. Wait, yeah, which was, military did he serve in? He was uh, Special Forces Green Beret. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. We spread his ashes in the river up in West Virginia, but he uh, he was a pretty bad dude. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you for his service, for sure. Were you in the yeah. military, too? I was not. I was not. I, I was a musician and a skateboarder, so... <laughs> I miss. I, I was a. I was played baseball and basketball, and then got into music, and uh, that was my sport. Okay, my son's a big time skateboarder, so I love it. But yeah. thank you guys. I want to real quick give a shout out to everybody that's joining us today. I'm really excited about having Justin on. Um, I feel like I've been out of this for a minute. I went and traveled again last week. I was out in Omaha. This is actually really cool. I got an opportunity to join the building components and manufacturing. Um, group, I guess, a event. It was a big, you know, group of different manufacturers. And I carried around some two by fours and OSB board made out of hemp. And it sparked some of the coolest conversations. I mean, you should have seen the eyebrows that were raised because nobody there expected hemp to be in a, I mean, it, it was vis visible and they could feel it and touch it. And OSB and building products is going to be huge. It was awesome. It was so, so cool. So that was pretty awesome. Um, definitely just drumming up conversation. But okay, before we get into this too much, for everybody that is joining, let us know where you're joining from. Say hello. Uh, drop a little note. If you have questions for Justin or I, feel free to drop, chime in and I'll try to read them off or get them to Justin. And Justin, if you see any that come in in the chat, feel free to call them out as well. Um, so welcome everybody. And Justin, you want to give a real quick intro about who you are and how you got to where you're at? I'm excited about this conversation. And yeah, on. I'm excited to be here. I watch a lot of your, uh, do you call them podcasts? Uh, live broadcasts. Live broadcasts. I, I watch a lot of them. Um, I admit, I have to admit a lot of them are pre-recorded, but yeah. um, lots of great information. You do a great service um, helping us uh, hemp pioneers get out in the market. And, um, you know, we're so I'm, I'm uh, work. I'm president for a company called Arbor Vita 8. Um, we have a large uh, 75,000 square foot facility in Phoenix City, Alabama. Um, we're pretty much service from Kentucky over to the coast and down. Um, I do have some stuff from out some material from out west we're working through, but that's mainly what we focus on. Um, and when you say service, are you talking like extraction? Ex extraction, farmer support. Um, we've got a really nice farmer partner program we work with uh, throughout that that region. 
um, but mainly for extraction and then distribution of processed material. Um, and then we, you know, that's Arbor Vita 8. Then we have, uh, we have a marijuana grow, Greenstone in Colorado. Um, we are also have a company, Bread Genetics, which is a cannabis genetics company. Um, we have a, an equipment company called CanEquip out of Georgia, post-cannabis harvest, uh, post-harvest cannabis equipment. Um, just lots of, lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff. Okay, so tell me how you got into this. You know, what's your background? What's your, what's your journey looked like getting to where you're at? Um, I'm kind of a mixed bag. Kind of, you know, it's, uh, I've started out in the financial industry, um, owned, uh, started a commercial mortgage company. But I didn't really do any many commercial mortgages. We basically uh, raised money for large development projects uh, in the senior housing and student housing industries. Um, and then went from there and investing in, in commercial real estate. Uh, and believe it or not, <laughs> uh, the realtor that sold my trailer, I had a huge portfolio of trailer parks. Um, the realtor that sold them um, at his wedding, I met my now partner, Jason Sorotin. Um, and Jason introduced me to, we became best friends at the wedding. <laughs> it was, it was one of those, just, wow. it was one of those serendipitous moments, right? So we, uh, my wife and I just fell in love with Jason and uh, Jason circled back around with me about three months later. And uh, three years later, now we're all in business with uh, our group. Um, we have a large collective of guys. I wouldn't say large, there's about six of us. Um, and we all are various owners and uh, stacked in these various companies that I just mentioned. Um, so th that's how I got into it. I am always I have always been a cannabis user. Um, I am an old school pothead and uh, I've always enjoyed it. Um, and but as I got older, I'm, I my consumption went down, but I still am very much medicated with it. But as I learned about cannabis and uh, became an adult, um, I, the, the, the more I learned about what hemp can do uh, as for just as a global impact for the environment, for, you know, just everything uh, that it can do as far as medicinal, you know, as on the, on the oil and fiber side uh, or medicine and fiber side, it's just blows me away at the impact that we can make. Um, and I guess part of what we're going to talk today about is, how hard that is. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, you know, your guests are great. There's you have to do a really good job of bringing experts on. I'm no expert. Um, I'm, I would say I'm, I could, I can talk about it, all of it, but, but you're in it. I'm not, I'm so in it, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a professor. Um, you have people on that. I mean, there's people in my, in my network and I've tried to do a really good job of surrounding myself with people. Are experts and that you know in the various things, um, um, you know, but it's it's so hard to get out there, right? It's so hard to have you know have what we're talking about and everything that we're working on. It's it the biggest hard the biggest struggle is the push to make it a reality. Um, you know, we're all we all talk about these great things, right? But we are all we're all dealing with the hemp industry. Um, and it's, it's strong, not only struggles, but it's also it's achievements. Right. So, um, I guess any emerging market, we're going to have that. What are some of those struggles? Like what specifically or hurdles are you having to overcome right now that, it, it, 
that maybe the association or the industry, and I'm sure most of the industry is probably dealing with a lot of the same hurdles. But I would think so. If, if there's anybody out there that's not having any hurdles or, or is not having a hard time in the hemp industry, please call me. Um, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to give you half of everything I own, and you uh, you just make it all better for me. I'll <laughs> be rich. <laughs> please, please help me. Um, so no, I'm 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 kidding. Uh, so they're um, like where are you saying? Yeah, where so, would you say that those pain points really are? What's so, and it's we can start out with. I mean, there's with the just the oil side of things, the medicinal side of things. Sure. Um, we have had, uh, you know, going from everything from the tremendous bloat of of, of inventory that yeah. drove the market down. Right. Um, everybody talks about it. Everybody knows about it. And then we had the you know the run on D eight that kind of dried up some inventory, and then it's it's helped us. Uh, you know, work through a lot of the older biomass um, and it stimulated, it gave uh, on some of our podcasts, we have an Arbor V8 podcast as well, but on some of our podcasts, I talk about the false stimulus of D8, you know, what it did to the market. And now we're seeing it, right? I, I don't know if you're, I'm sure you know, but, you know, now we're seeing another drop now in, in uh, cannabinoid, bulk cannabinoids. Um, we sell, we make about 200 kilos of crude a day. And at in Phoenix City, and I'm and I sell 55 gallon drums. That's you know that's so I see we have seen a a drop from pricing. We got up to about 120 dollars a kilo, uh, and now we're back down around 75 85 dollars. Um, we sell really really nice product, and we sell to major manufacturers direct. So I'm not seeing the brokered pricing of you know I'm seeing you know there's also some pricing. You know, I've, I've heard $55, $65, and that's just depressing and frustrating and uh, just irritating. I mean, all of that, all of those emotions come out when that's a cornerstone of the market. Um, so that's one thing, right? The other thing is that we've seen, you know, D8 was a, or it is, it's a great stimulus, but it's, um, it's an interesting cannabinoid because it's a manufactured cannabinoid along with a lot of the miners that we're all using and working with. Um, and we are now all of the other miners are gaining some traction and popularity and they're taking away from D8 a little bit, right? So the, the sun is now, you know, shining a little differently versus just everything is, you know, I need crude, I need isolate. We're going to run to D8. That's all. That's like all you heard in the market for like four months. And now you're seeing, a, a, you know, a broader, it's, 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 it's better, but it's still kind of contracting from the quality, the, uh, the value of the crude, you know, of our cornerstone product. Um, within that, you know, within this emerging market and within these emerging cannabinoids, you have a lot of unscrupulous people that are involved. Right. And I know that it, guys have been on here and talked about it. I don't need to beat a bit, beat a dead horse on it. Um, if you ever are with me one-on-one -on -one and anybody that's listening and has ever talked to me, you know that that's one thing that I preach is that we are a real facility. We do real business. We are poised to be a real supplier um, of bulk cannabinoids to major manufacturing for food, Bev, and pharmaceuticals. And as this market and industry evolves, we want to be there. We're a mainstay. Um, and we have huge financial backing. We've got a great facility. We will be around. Sure. Um, but dealing and navigating... Um, it took us a little bit to get past, um, you know, cool. How are we going to offload all of our material? Well, I know so-and-so and he wants this. I know so-and-so they want this and she wants this. And, and then, uh, you know, you have to navigate through that web of uh, 
unscrupulous people to find the people that, that are great to work with yes, and sir. have the values that align with yours. Yeah. Um, and what we've realized is that that's directly with manufacturers. Um, so that's one of the big headwinds that we're seeing in the market, right? We're seeing, you know, uh, just navigating the price, uh, the price is being driven down by people that are trying to make a dollar, um, which you can't blame them. I mean, that's, that's just what we all, that's, that's what we all are trying to do, right? We're trying to make a living and make good. Um, the other thing is let's talk about fiber, right? Cause um, you know, fiber and grain, it's a huge, I know that that's a huge focus. It's also a huge focus of ours. So fiber and grain is, is a, is a just, it's going to be a monster. And I, I think my, all my group also agrees is that, in the future, we're, very little bit of our business and our conversations are going to be around bulk cannabinoids. Um, that's going to be gobbled up by Food and Bev and Pharma and, and all the big players. And they are going to have a huge role in it and own a lot of us or um, manage or, you know, take care of a lot of that. A lot of what, you know, the talk is and our future projections are on fiber and grain. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to be grain. But it's it's the headwind is just development. The headwind is, uh, you know, uh, you know, trying to get the building materials to where permitted so we, where we can use them. Uh, the headwind is, um, you know, the genetics, you know, and vetting the right genetics. Um, you know, I've got a mentor in the industry and it's, it's just, he's, he preaches about the genetics and he brought in a ton of genetics this, this past season and grew, you know, various throughout the Southeast 500 acres and we're pulling data, but that's the right way, but it takes time. Um, you know, and we have all these major manufacturers, auto manufacturers, um, uh, goods manufacturers. They're all very interested, but it's there's no infrastructure there. There's you know, it's we're all working on it. We're developing it. It just take, it does take takes a tremendous lift of money and a tremendous block of time. OK, so when you guys are saying you're getting into this, right, where are, are you going to be processing raw material? Or are you going to be manufacturing to that? end consumer good or I guess so plastics? We, what, what's your, and, and is it going to be construction building? Well, you know, <laughs> where's that going? I have, we have a lot going on. So <laughs> I will tell you that our main focus at the moment uh, as entering into the market would be a mature woody herd fiber. Okay. So anything derived from that woody fiber, uh, a herd fiber, not a bass fiber. Um, the that material is a little less to process. Um, it's a um, it's a little it's just more efficient to process. It's not as valuable uh, in product or with man, to manufacturing. But I feel that um, the building material side of things, the bioplastic side of things, um, that all feeds into those categories, which are most important to me. Um, so that's that's something we're excited about. We do have partners that are dealing with uh, the cottonized version, uh, yeah. bass fiber. Um, that would be a you know younger, different you know just different uh, focus. Um, and then grain, um, hemp hearts, um, hemp oils. Uh, these are all extremely important um, to you know our not just starting and getting into that and that section of the industry, that sector of the industry, but doing something that's immediately profitable and able to do and not some crazy heavy lift with infrastructure. Okay, so um, what do you think it's going to take to really open that market up? I mean, I interviewed just not too long ago, Mike Fada from Manitoba, and he gave some real good numbers about the opportunity that's still there and how 
even though they're a very large company and have done very well, they've only taken a very small piece of the market, right? How do we really open up or what do you think it's going to take to open that market up on the grain side for human consumption? Right. Um, It's going to take patties and burgers and whatever. All of that, all of that. Right. Um, Like 30 grams of protein in a, in a, in a, in a compressed patty. I mean, that's just crazy. Um, That's like bodybuilder supplement stuff. Uh, And it can feed the entire world. Right. Think about what it can do in these underserved areas. Um, We've got a project going on in Africa and a couple other things that are hemp herd or hemp, hemp fiber focused. Um, I won't dive super into that on this call on this uh, call, but um, it's going to take the government coming out. Right. um, And doing what they need to do to approve it. Um, The FDA needs to do, you know, we're all waiting on the FDA to do something. Right. Right. And we hope that it doesn't stay where it's at. Um, We don't think that's going to happen. And, you know, we're talking to, We've got regulations. There's got as much as none of us want them. There has to be. Yeah, there has to be. Um, There's, you know, we're taught, we work with lobbyists in a lot of the different various states, uh, including Washington. Um, We're very active in pushing and, and, and trying to be a thought leader in that, you know, to get us to where we need to be for all of hemp, not just for hemp hearts or the the protein sake. Um, But we have to also have to have, you know, it, once that happens, then you have the trial period. So you have to, there will be trials, um, whether that's university or private trials or something led well, by. There's, the, already, there's already a lot of food out on the market, right? Correct. I have hemp. I had it with my granola this morning. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, Walmart, I was shocked the other day. Walmart has an entire section of hemp foods and proteins. And then they've got an entire section at Winco of uh, bioplastics and they've got an entire section of hemp bioplastics that have been, and it doesn't say hemp, but it says, I mean, plant-based on it. Yeah. Leaf on it or bio-based or biomass. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's um, a lot of, a lot of blends. Um, we're working with a group out of Mexico right now to, we're just sending them a ton of material. Um, we, they're mainly using sugarcane, right. And agave by, by yeah. but we we're working on to try to get them to bring some operations in the U S um, and, uh, you know, operate possibly as a DC, you know, since we're close to Atlanta, but yes. there's a ton of that. So Australia just banned plastic cutlery, right? The EU is getting ready to ban. They're going to follow suit. We'll um, be right behind them. Yeah. Well, I hope we are right. We, we, we should, we should, we go. It's yeah. right. What are we doing? Um, <laughs> when we can make it out of plastic, it's just comes down to the mighty dollar and hemp's here to save the day. Right. Cause but it all is it's an it's an economic math problem. Right. Um, and we need to figure that out. We need to continue to work on that. Um, I'm curious about this. OK, so I want to talk like technical. I want to get down to the nitty gritty of the economics around this. You know, what are you doing and growing when we talk about the supply chain and the support you're giving the farmers and what does it do economically and you know, as I'm bridging this gap as to what does the USDA or our government or our cities need to hear to say, listen, we're in, we're going to match your money and we're going to bring capital in so that we can, so we can grow the infrastructure and build this infrastructure out. So I'm kind of curious for you, like what, it, what are those numbers? What is it that people need to be hearing about the opportunity? Because ultimately it comes down to money. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, and I don't know that the farmer and the processor get rich in that scenario, right? No. It's a matter of, you know, um, 
a lot of us work directly with farmers and we know what a good crop of theirs is, right? Sweet potatoes, corn, especially mm-hmm. corn right now. Um, sweet, uh, sweet potatoes, I said, um, soybeans, tobacco, you know, I'm in the Southeast. So tobacco is a big, you know, I actually align with a lot of really great tobacco farmers and that's where the guys that grow our hemp They're they already are very good at growing row mm-hmm. crop. Um, but as I think as long as we, we can show them, it's not the fallacy or the big dream that once was when hemp with a farm bill came out and you're going to make a million dollars per 50 acres. And it's not that, but if we can show them, you know, a profit margin of 40% more than what they're making per acre now, it's there, right? Why, you know, yes. Uh, you know, we have the, uh, the studies aren't completely, you know, there, we need some more studies done, but you know, the replenishment of the soil, um, the, there's so many things that hemp gives back to, that farmer by growing it, not just monetary. Um, so there's that. So something we're doing to not deflect your question, but I'm deflecting your question. Um, <laughs> the, I want to know. I know how to come back to this. <laughs> okay, okay. Something we're doing um, to help with this or to kind of organize it specifically on the fiber side of things uh, or fiber and grain. I call that industrial hemp. I don't know what do you do. You when you say industrial hemp, I think of fiber and grain. I don't. I don't, I don't think of hemp for hemp flour or hemp. For I had somebody a long time say. I mean, this was years ago, right? Say the way that the farm bill was written for industrial hemp makes it sound like as I'm buying beauty care with CBD in it, I'm rubbing industrial hemp on my face. We're <laughs> not. Right. We're not doing that. We're not, a different right. product, right? But the way that it's worded that, you know, CBD or the way CBD is grown in a horticulture crop is considered industrial hemp. But it's not. Not, <laughs> no, not in, in my opinion, no. But and my, maybe that's just my simple brain. I told you I was no, I was no scientist. But uh, this, I'm talking like agriculture versus horticulture. Whether it's industrial hemp or not, we're talking about an agriculture. And they're both, I guess, agriculture, but row crop compared to a horticultural growth. Right. That makes sense. So industrial hemp. Um, So we are working with uh, to help with this value chain. I love you. That's funny. Uh, The value chain or and, and, you know, the supply chain of industrial hemp. Right. So this is something that there's there's some very large projects and very large deals that are being put together now preemptively for bioplastics, for cars, uh, for car parts, by you know, interior plastic parts. Uh, for, um, you know, cognized hemp or there's so many things that people are just now there. It's in the works. Right. But there's not one farming group and not one processing group, not one hemp group that I know of. And I, I, I know a lot of them. Not, not one of us is big enough to take on one of these major contracts. It just is not going to happen. So well, we need to- Realistically, if we're talking, you know, for the smarts of the supply chain and on their end, it would be foolish for them to contract with one of us at this size or at, at any size, really. I mean, look what happened this year with the you know, land hurricanes and all the crops that were destroyed. And what does that do to the supply chain? And now the focus has been put back on that supply chain. Yeah, you're exactly right. So something we're doing to help with that is that Arbor Vita 8 has uh, teamed up as a manager um, with another, you know, another great group and a fund manager. And we are, we have, it was created, but we are managing the fund and it's an industrial hemp fund. Yeah. Um, we're raising, we're raising money to 
give back and invest in the infrastructure of industrial hemp in the Southeast. And now we're actually looking at expanding from the Southeast into Texas as well um, with some just monster partners. And, you know, that's something that we can do to give not, I wouldn't say give back because we're still managing it, but it's something that we can do to diversify and help the farmer and the processor and the logistics guys and the industry. It's what we have to to rise the tide, right? We, well, we have to manage it on a large scale. It cannot be, Hey, I've made a deal with farmer Joe and I have made a deal with this other processor over here and we're going to work it out. You know, hopefully, you know, it has to be much more organized than that. So we have this industrial hemp fund um, that is, we're taking, you know, it's, it's in, it's open now. If anybody's interested, please let me know. Um, I can put you in touch with the fund manager and uh, give you some, some specifics on it. Um, something else we're doing on so, something similar. It's not, not necessarily, it's actually, it's not similar at all, but it's something else we're doing to help the supply chain for the oil side as uh, we are involved with uh, a group out of South Carolina uh, it's an exchange type platform, but uh, it's called Canna or uh, Green X. And we are, they were actually at the Southern Hemp Expo, yeah. I don't know if you saw them, but um, those guys are doing a great job. We've got a great uh, genetics person, Allison Justice, out of the hemp mine. Um, I think there's another genetics group. Um, Arborvitae is one of the processors, and we are supporting the farmers in the Southeast. So we have an M buyer. The goal is to have a, a contract with a major manufacturer. We back in financially through the entire supply to value chain and pay and f- basically finance everything for the farmer all the way up through the supply chain. So the farmer gets, gets you know, everything taken care of up front and then gets a check back to him or her at the end of uh, the process. This is not a you grow 50 acres for me and I'll cut you a check. This is a you don't have to pay anything. We take care of that up front. We've got some great financial partners involved. Um, and we're just trying to make it to where it's not a shysty situation. Um, so many people in 18 and 19 got burnt by contracts that never were fulfilled. The people with buyers that just disappeared. Um, mm-hmm. and it really did jade so many people. I, 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 deal, I deal with some wonderful farmers. I mean, guys that are amazing and they are just, they're pissed off. You know, they're frustrated. Um, not all of them, but uh, the, the, the ones that you really want growing for you, they're frustrated and they're a little gun shy, right? They lost millions of dollars. Um, so we're trying to, I think that's a vehicle to stabilize. It's a, it's a vehicle to uh, deliver some promises um, and organize everything and make everything transparent to where, you know what I'm making, you know what the pre, you know what the harvester's making, you know what the baler's making, you know what the seed guy's making, we know what the farmer's making because we're selling it for this this amount per kilo and it's going to this person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need more of that in this industry. Going back to the unscrupulous people we were talking about in the very beginning, we've got to get them out of here. We've got to take control of our own destinies and our own partnerships and the people that we care about, which is, I mean, really kind of goes down to the farmer. Well, and I think that this part of what I've, I didn't know I would be so passionate about and have definitely become is this need to connect the farm to the manufacturing and cut out all this middle garbage, right? Because who's really getting a price cut? Who really takes the gouge? Mm-hmm. The farmer does every time. And so of if course. we can shorten that, and I think hemp is a solution to redo these supply chains and 
know, provide a new solution, a new solution. Somebody said farmers are ready for this change. And I think that this is something I I agree. They definitely are, but they're very reserved when we talk about co-op or cooperative or, you know, what we know in farming. And I compare it to the construction industry. They're not like the tech space that's ready to move into AI and something new and exciting. They're set in their ways. And it really does have to be a matter of trust and trusting the people that they're working with. And so, yeah, I'm curious how that's like how the education, I guess, will be distributed and how we as an association can collaborate to make sure that they're, they are getting the support that they need. Right. Well, we would love to collaborate with you. We can, we can circle back around on that at another time. We can send you a ton of information on both of those programs. Um, it farmers are um, setting their ways the way you said it, they're setting their ways, but they are some of the most innovative uh, yeah. demographic of people that I've ever met in my entire life. Um, and before <laughs> this, I told you, I came from financial, the financial background. I don't, I didn't know any farmers. Right. Um, and now that I'm in this industry wholeheartedly for the past few years, I, all my buddies that I talk to every day are farmers and, they would give me anything, right? They would, they would do, they will fight for you. They will go to bat for you. They will, if they can manage it financially, they will do it. But they also are math, full on mathematicians. They have to be, right? They, 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 you start, don't think you can get one over on them as far as throwing numbers at them. They're like, no, I did that in my head. No, that's not going to work. Um, so they, they have schooled me. Right. And I've, I've learned, I've learned from the best, but in doing that, we have to take, if I'm not going to go out and grow, 150 to 700 acres of hemp. I'm just not, I'm not a hemp grower. I'm not a farmer. Um, I grow tomatoes every year and that's about it. Um, but there, we have to support them. We have to also support us, the processors. Um, we are having a tremendous time right now in this industry with the fluctuation of market um, with the, uh, the it's getting skinny on biomass. Um, I still have, I'm, I'm very fortunate with my relationships. We have tons of biomass. I'm not, that's not an issue, but for a lot of processors, you know, they're buying, they're having to buy biomass. They're having to source biomass. They, it's a struggle for them. The processors have really taken it on the chin because they set their numbers at 2017, 18 numbers. And now their performers aren't looking so hot. Um, and they either, either got overextended or, they are running so skinny there. It's just hard to, to operate. Um, so we have to take care also of uh, everybody else that's involved in the supply chain. So it's not just the processors. You've got the post-harvest processors. You've got the genetics folks up front. Um, and genetics I, is something I want to talk about because yeah, that's something that I'm concerned about on our fiber side long-term. And as I bring it up, I, yeah, like, where are we in the United States going to be buying our seeds if we don't have a real focus on the genetics and genetics around or production on the seeds? And I know for what we have in processing currently, but you know, two, three years down the road, it's going to be a major influx of need for seeds. <laughs> well, a lot of the, the most stable seeds are coming in from China right now because they're, they've been growing hemp for decades, right? So there's, that's uh you know, one of my yes, mentors. No. Is, I've seen some. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And no. Well, no, there's there's but that's I'm just saying that's that's where the some of the most stable genetics are coming from that are proving yeah. out. Um, there are some really good genetics coming from other places, but it's it, when you're dealing with seeds, you know, it's, it's like, right. Right. So I think that obviously we will be uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're going to figure out here in the U.S. Um, we we cultivate our own 
you know, genetics for oil. Um, I we my group kind of cultivates for for the MJ side for yeah. you know seed production. So we can, I think we'll, we're going to figure that out. Um, we've got to. I agree with you 100%. I just think it's something we just don't, it's not talked about a lot. Maybe it's, you know, I'm sure that there, I know there's people working on it. Don't get me wrong. When I speak to people, some are saying, yeah, we've got plenty. But when we talk about big volume, and especially as much as, you know, that's being imported, yeah. when we lose that import or we don't have that option or, whatever the reason is, right? It's Again, just- it's a, it's another headwind of the fiber and grain industry yep. is stabilizing um, those genetics. Um, I've even heard of, I won't name them, but I've heard of certain manufacturers, auto manufacturers supplying seeds to the farmers mm-hmm. at this point, yes. um, which is interesting. Drew said he's interested in your fund, learning more about your fund. How did people- uh, I just, I just yeah. connected with Drew last week on LinkedIn. Yeah. What's awesome. up, Drew? He's a good guy. Good man to know. Um, How do people get in touch with you? Um, My email. um, And uh, obviously you can connect with me on LinkedIn um, and I'm, I mean, my cell phone, it's all of that. Do you want to share? Yeah, I can absolutely. You want to share some of it. You're welcome to, I can add it into the notes. Yeah, please. Um, It's Justin at arborvita8.com. I'm going to copy that before I pass it over here. But Drew, I'll uh, reply to your message. I'll definitely reach out to you, buddy. Awesome. And, you know, you can put my cell phone on there too. I'm always open for business. Um, I'm always on the phone anyway, so it doesn't matter. Let's collaborate about that also. I'd love okay. to help in any way. Well, and this is the thing too, right? I'd, I'd be curious from you as you guys are growing and really seeing some of these challenges, um, where can a group like we've created and a community of collaborators really step in to support what you're doing and not just what you're doing, but we've talked a lot about what you're doing is in the sum of, you know, the industry itself. So where do you think focus really needs to be? And what do you think, you know, people like the government USDA or uh, these funds need to be hearing in order to really move capital in or make the, pivotal change that we need for the infrastructure. I would love to see some grant money very much focused on the, in the development of these infrastructures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's imperative. I think grant money is the, the, what to ask you, you say governmental money and government money. That's, I think of grant money. Private, uh, yeah. or, or I think of like a, a, a even a, a low interest bearing, you know, long payback type am, am schedule for borrowing money. Uh, right. for our farmers, for our processors. Um, you know, that's COVID really, you know, has dampered everything. I don't, I didn't want to talk about COVID on this call, but there, you know, it, it did, it, it, it really hurt. Um, it actually helped the, cannabis, the marijuana industry. Um, but this, this, it opened doors as yeah, this, hard this, as it was for yeah. business. It shined light on all the things hemp has a solution for. It did. Come in and pivotally change. It It did. Um, it's, but it, it hurt him with, as far as the retail sales with, when you start talking about the medicinal side of things. Um, and you know what, it also, it did, it did help because it allowed us to kind of sit down and really focused. It helped a lot of industries in that manner. A lot of us were really, they, we really had some good time to focus on what we were doing, be a little bit more calculated, um, and come to market, maybe a little more organized, um, 
but it, I would love to see um, some, you know, government input uh, as far as a grant basis or um, some more, some maybe some government funded research, um, you know, on genetics, um, on the medicinal side of, of hemp, on the CBD, CBG side, um, and all the miners. Um, there would it really there, and there's. I would love to see. This isn't fiber based. This is medicinal based. But I would love to do, see more in depth research on the minor cannabinoids um, and terpenes. I think the entourage effect with terpenes and and just the general direct effect with terpenes mm -hmm. and what you get from um, not a just decimated oil in a vape pen, but an actual full bodied um, you know uh, edible or um, uh, uh, edible or, or at least a consumable product that has a, a blend of, you know, the right terps and the right major and minor cannabinoids. If we could have more research on that and if the government, if the government would lead that um, other than just, you know, we have some of that going on university based right now, but it's, it's not widely publicized because it's still kind of like a. It's, it's almost like the, the, USDA money or grant money gives credibility to, to the, to the um, new consumer, not necessarily those in the industry, but those that are a little bit on the, you know, a little bit wary about it is mm -hmm. once the government supports it, sometimes it's a little bit easier. So I kind of agree that, you know, being able to collaborate and make sure that, you know, those funds are available. I'd love to support there as well. Kind of help you. We've got a great team of people that you know, are putting a ton of grants together and opportunities. And so I'd love to collaborate with you there. Um, so what are some things that excite you most, most about what's coming, you know, about the industry in itself and where you guys are headed? Um, just overall industry evolution, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't wait until, uh, Pfizer and Procter Gamble and Ford and Pepsi. And I can't wait until they're all just begging us for material. I can't wait till they're, they're asking us the experts on what to do. Um, now that's not I'm, that's kind of a pipe dream because they've they've already got people working on it and they're becoming experts themselves. But in my mind, I would I can't wait until the just the floodgates open and they're all of us that have hung out in there and and hung hung out in there hung in there and and fought through this time that we've been going through right. Um, and it's not over. Um, we still have a lot of fight. So all of us that have, have stuck in this and pioneered this industry to get the recognition that we all deserve. Um, I know some people that I would love to be see become famous because they are just absolute geniuses. Um, and they, they put their heart and soul into this industry every day. Like I do. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens. Um, fiber is just crazy exciting. Uh, grain is crazy exciting. We just, we talked about it earlier about the, the power protein cakes, right? I can't wait until we're, we, you know, can we, is it possible that we could stop global hunger? Right. Is it possible that we could, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, how green can we make this, this world? Right. Um, I, I wholeheartedly believe we have major solutions in hemp and in yeah. the supply chain of hemp and being able to manufacture and feed and clothe and, you know, provide yeah. medicine to our people. And, yeah. and it's one thing to be talking about it in Salt Lake city, Utah, where I live, where we are definitely in a different state of mind than the third, yeah. yeah third world countries where this is a real solution for major problems right major okay. resources and um but even that you know being able to shrink that supply chain and say that we can grow our own home in our state that's, yeah. that's a pretty exciting story it's right? amazing 
and the what about what about, what about 3, 3D printing hemp hemp homes in in Uganda in in these third world in these in these underserved countries in Haiti in I mean, what what about you know housing people what about feeding people what about stopping dump, stop dumping petroleum based plastics in our oceans you know that you know there's it's the, I, things that get me excited are the same things that my entire network they it gets us all excited right same thing that gets you excited so then what is it that's needed what's that story that's needed to carry this forward, whether it's your company's story or I think all of us within the industry have a little piece of this, but what is that story that's needed to, to move this forward, right? I mean, we're, we've got a big group that's very passionate, but I'm still taken back the number of times I walk into a meeting with a venture capital group and I say the word cannabis and it shuts the meeting down. Yeah. Right. And so or or as many times as you have said, like fiber is really exciting. Why? What about it? You know, I, I say all the time, like the carbon and the what we can do with it and build with it and the jobs. But what to you, you know, what is it that they you think they need to be hearing? <laughs> you got me. I, that's, I mean, it's it's everything we've said. I mean, yeah. it's uh, uh, the problem is, is that exactly what you've you, you literally just said it where you, you walk into a room of venture capitalists and they're like, yeah, but I'm making more money over here and it's guaranteed. It's not, you know, a emerging. market. OK, okay. Um, I think that to solve I, I, I think the real story that needs to be delivered or what needs to happen to progress the industry is the government to, to get involved and help their, you know, support the industry as a whole. Sure. Um, they can take it bit by bit and go after certain segments, but the government getting involved in any way more than what they are now, uh, we need regulation, right? We need regulation yeah. on, on the meta medicinal products. Um, we need regulation, um, as we enter into this uh, industrial hemp revolution, I'm gonna call it a revolution. Cause I love that word. It is. Um, I say it all the time and sometimes people yeah. But I feel like we're entering, I don't feel like I, we are entering into it. We're in the industrial hemp revolution. Yes. So yes. Um, re-revolution. Yeah. Um, I, I, we have to have regulation. Um, that's also on another one of our Arbor V8 podcasts. I talk yeah. about revela- re, you know, regulation. If without regulation, it's the wild, wild west. And we're still going to, we cannot take control of our industry. Um, and it's, it's the, an absolute fact. We need intervention. Um, we need the uh, government to regulate our industry and help us make it a true commodity. Okay. So what are some of the companies that your industrial hemp fund are going to be looking to invest in? Not companies, but maybe is it more on processing? Are you looking at what's the, what's the focus you think? Um, the entire value chain. So um, we will most likely have an offtake for all the material. Um, so we are looking for, um, farmers. Um, we are looking for uh, scientists and researchers. Um, we are looking for transportation. You're looking for the Global Health Association, aren't you? I am looking for the Global Health Association, right? <laughs> so I might you know, get a tattoo, Global Health Association. Um, we're looking for uh, infrastructure folks as far as um, uh, logistics and transportation companies. Um, obviously, we're wanting to, when you start talking about industrial hemp, for me, you, you're looking at the math problem of vicinity to grow versus processors. So we are going to have to have a vast network of processing facilities and, and DCs so that it is ran um, 
uh, efficiently. Um, and it, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure that out. Um, I've got a little transportation, my background, but I, you know, I, we would, that is a huge key, right? Um, railway, water, uh, overland, you know, there's so many ways we can conquer that issue, but um, and, you know, obviously having to build the infrastructure and standardizing the equipment that we use. So we'll probably, you know, we're looking for equipment manufacturers um, and uh, just it, it, the list goes on. But that's the core of it. That's the base of it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Well, and it's it's what fuels my fire. It's weird. <laughs> I get talking about the infrastructure build and somebody else said, hey, you should try to, like, educate yourself more about infrastructure build. And I was like. Yeah, duh. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, it's where I see there's such a need and there's such an opportunity. I don't, I shouldn't even say need as much as like, there is major opportunity. And when I talk about the, this industry, a lot of times I say, it's almost like sitting at the front of the oil and gas industry, right? Yeah. Right as it's booming, we have major opportunity. And I think some of the pieces we're talking about, um, you know, like the carbon aren't even, this is like the icing on the cake that we haven't even really I'm sure factored into a lot of the costs when it comes to, um, or I shouldn't say costs, but profits, right? Because carbon is still such a new topic as well that needs to be figured out. And how is that going to be traded? And how is it going to be calculated? And I'm curious too, who does that credit belong to as, you know, along this value chain? And yeah, that, so that's, a, that's a very good question, right? Um, maybe it's spread out. Maybe there's huh? certain We're segments get certain percentage of that value back. Um, you know, I would love to also see uh, wind and solar uh, being added to our production facilities and yes. really taking us completely off the grid. We've talked about infield. We have a, a mobile hemp drying company, Arborvita Dry, um, and we distribute. We we rent them monthly to you. You dry your own product, but we've talked about we're actually working to get those green. Right, they run off propane. Um, yeah and a generator. And we would love to make those figure out somehow to how to get those off the grid. Right. We pull it up, you know, pull out the windmills or, um, you know, lay out the solar panels and it runs. And that would be, uh, we've talked and we're working with a group now engineering an infield extraction system that would run off of uh, like a lab um, that would run off of solar and wind. But there's so many things, so many interesting things. You start to start talking about carbon and I start thinking about completely coming off the, off the grid. So. Well, but that's just it, right? This is a much bigger, bigger issue and a much bigger solution than just CBD or just cannabis or just medicine or just car parts. I mean, we're talking about, yeah, global warming and <laughs> carbon sequestration and feeding, you know, global, basically all 17 of the sustainability goals hemp fits right into right one way or the other right mm -hmm. or cannabis i should say now, although we're we're hemp people and we're really good at making it fit right <laughs> <laughs> yes ah, can, it, can it do this yes it can yes I'll it does it <laughs> listen you're not welcome back anymore <laughs> I, i've drank the kool-aid a long time ago so well and that's part of it too is the reality like what are the real challenges and understanding what those challenges are and i think that that gets tricky when we talk about capital because who wants to come in and be the first guy to let the guy behind them make all the money and so trying to figure out that and reduce this chicken and egg fiasco we're still in it's a uh, yeah it's we're in a, in a bad way uh, mm -hmm. right there's a lot of uh, there's amazing amazing ideas on the market and and in the in the space and there's very uh 
there's some people that are backing it and there's a lot of money in the market, but there's not nearly enough money in the industry. And to figure out how to get those investors, how to get those uh, larger conglomerate of companies involved. Um, you know, and again, that's kind of what we're doing with the hemp fund is we're trying the industrial hemp fund. We're trying to get it a, a more broader spray or more broader uh, cast, a broader net on what we're putting the money in versus, Hey, we, we have a processing facility that does, ethanol extraction, would you like to invest? We're saying we're investing in the entire value chain of the industrial hemp industry. You know, it's a much, casting a much broader net, um, securing and, and stabilizing and, and hopefully keeping that money as safe as possible. Um, but it's, it is an issue that the, in, in the investor dollars in the industry, because of what has happened in the industry, it's, it makes it tough. Okay, well, I want to continue this conversation. I've got all kinds of things I want to share and <laughs> projects from. And I, and I think, too, like you said, being able to pull some of the uh, grants and funds for the research. You know, even if you did plots and genetics and testing and carbon, yeah, it would be great. Um, someone just asked a really good question. How much are you guys raising for your fund? What's the size of your fund? You guys are um, our, our first tranche, I think we're going to raise about $100 million. Um, and then hopefully go up and much larger from there. Um, you know, a lot of PEs raise like 500,000 or 500 million at a time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think our first tranche will be about 100 million um, to, to alloc then allocate. Gotcha. Very cool. Reality is, is 100 million is not going very far in this industry right You're now. You're exactly <laughs> right. Right. And that, well, that's why I, I designate it. You know, it's our first round. Yeah. Um, but it's, again, money is. It's it's I wouldn't say it's hard to come by, but, you know, it, getting that investor to pony up or to invest and believe in and buy in um, where we're there has to be to manager, manage our own expectations. Well, and real, I, I find a lot of times when I have these discussions, right, we are not in a it's not the same as investing in a SaaS or a tech company right now. Right. It really has to be motivated by something other than that profit. And when we're talking about raising money to invest, profit comes up first. And so it really is a, a, a unique, maybe I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out what is the model or the structure that we present to make it more appealing, right? What is that story that we tell? And as an association, what do we do to drive that consumer demand so that companies like yours can be successful, right? So we can run parallel with each other and you've got the education and the you know consumer demand and the resources right next to what you're working on. And so, yeah, yeah that's our goal, obviously, as the association. We've got a whole team of people that are doing outreach and trying to collaborate and really drive this. Um, like I was saying earlier, when we were in Omaha, which, by the way, for those of you that are in Omaha, I know one of our members is John. It, I love it. I had, I was not what I expected. I expected a like hillbilly cowboy, <laughs> and it was not. It was such a cute little town. Not little, but a, a beautiful town. And hillbilly. Um, yeah, but when I was there, I met with a gentleman who you know was looking to build a facility, and the facility is like hundreds and millions of dollars, you know, but. But when we talk about the capability and what is needed to fill that facility or the size of facility really needed to fill the demand on the construction side, like the numbers are astonishing. And it's yeah. the profitability and the opportunity to provide jobs in rural communities and make farming sexy again is 
it should be at the forefront of our conversation. So always, always. I would never think hillbilly when I think of Oklahoma. Oh, definitely cowboy though. Nebraska. Yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Omaha. Yeah. So no, definitely cowboy. That's- yeah. I just I did not know what to think. I just. <laughs> Um, I'm from Wyoming. I just assumed everybody was like Wyoming. <laughs> the, the, the job creation um, the is so very important. Um, the sustainability and what we can, the impact that we can make is so very important. Um, and, but yes, these facilities are outrageously expensive. My facility is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the equipment we have in it, the technology that we're running, we're, you know, doing things every day, I talk to my production group every day and they're like, you know, we just figured this out and we can do this now. And it's like, we're, you know, it's every, every week we have, you know, steps forward, but then there's always steps, steps back, right. There's always setbacks. You know, we're dealing with equipment every day. Um, but the, you know, I can't wait to see kind of how our technology continues to evolve mm-hmm. um, and how equipment gets better and it gets more focused and it uh, gets more specialized Um so exciting. Um, you know, we are part owner in an equipment company. So I love the to see the evolution in CanEquip and the, the equipment and machines that we're building um, to help support the cannabis and, and or the hemp and, and marijuana industry. Yeah. Um, so it's it's but you're right. It's very expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just think it needs that needs when people say, well, if it's so great, why isn't it available and why isn't it on the shelf? You know, and I think that's where you get some skepticism is like, yeah, you're just blowing smoke. It's not. It's that we've got this major hurdle to overcome, and it's not impossible. I mean, money is starting to really. It can't, it can't be on the shelf, though. You got to think about these major, this major pieces of equipment. Um, I mean, our pieces. We have equipment that that takes three eighteen wheelers to unload, right? <laughs> um, and it's you got to think about it. It's there's only a certain number of hemp processors. I'm one of them, right? There's a, yeah. there's only a, a handful of us that are actually operating at scale. Yeah. Um, there's a tremendous amount of grassroots uh, farmers and husband and wife teams that are extracting. They're doing, I mean, it's an amazing thing that they're doing it on their own, but very few, you know, there's only a handful of us that are at scale as Arbor V8. And we are, you, you, we're buying one-off equipment, one-off, so, you know, like something that was custom made here. And um, it might be for this industry over here, but they had to make all of these engineering adjustments. So there is no off the shelf, type thing. It's all, you know, build a suit type type situation. And, you know, the industry hopefully will be to that, be to where we can do that. But um, that's where opportunity is like yeah. there is endless opportunity, even down to what you're manufacturing and how you're manufacturing or the size of your company. If you want to stay a mom and pop shop and produce CBD for your lo- local community, that's an option for people. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, there really is- and probably make a decent living off of it. It's just a matter of doing it the right way. Right. There's also a lot of people. I mean, there's, there's the other, there's the other side of the coin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is where we need regulations because then it ruins it for the people that are doing it. Right. And with that, who do you, can you give a couple shout outs to people that are doing things right in the industry? Maybe that people should be paying attention to or keep their eye on for success. Um. Yes, um, I am happy to. Um, Biofill Fibers. Yes. My boys, David Canby and Marcel. Um, <laughs> you what? I love those guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my opulent team is doing great. Uh, you, know, you, you know Donnie, don't you, Don? Yeah. Um, uh, the Hemp Mine. 
is doing yeah. a great, great, great job. Um, Allison does great, great work. Uh, Rural Botanical out of Colorado does great work. Um, great genetics group and a, and a great team. Um, I've got a, I've got a guy, uh, Joey uh, Robertson from Wagon Trail in Alabama. He does, a, he's a great processor um, and does a, does a great, honest job. Um, God, you put me on the spot. I'm, I'm, I'm well, going so to leave like 10, 10 people out. Well, I'm calling out people that I actually directly do business with. Um, there's, there's a couple guys, Precision, um, in Colorado that does a great job for me. Um, and we work directly with some other lar very large, big um, uh, manufacturers um, that are very near and dear to my heart as far yeah. as supply chain goes. Um, but, you know, and they're doing honest businesses. Um, but that's these are just people that I deal with directly. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I know that some I had somebody ask me the other day if I wanted to give a shout out. And it was like they'd asked me. Like yeah. foreign language. I was like, uh, actually, you just totally stressed me out because I, I'm like, I'm trying to think of, I just like blanked out on like five or five to eight people I do business with every day. And it's, that's terrible. Um, okay, well, so shout out to all of them. I'm sorry to whoever I didn't give a shout out to. Um, we'll get them. We'll catch back up and we'll make sure that we get you. Well, with that being said though, I'd love to highlight them. Um, if you know anybody else or if anybody else listening has certain people that we should call up. Um, I saw Tyler Wood was given a shout out as well. I'll definitely have to hound him again, get him back on. But um, Justin, thank you so much for joining. And anything that we can do to help support, please let's stay in touch. Um, if you are, did you say you are, you're not going to any other events throughout the year. Is that right? Uh, I'm not saying that I'm not going. I just. Well, if you do. We, I'm, in, I'm in Colorado monthly. Um, we are doing a lot in Florida right now. I'm, I'm just, I'm traveling heavily right now. So yeah. if I'm not at a show, one of my partners or one of my team members will be there. Cool. Um, if you're going to be at a show, anybody on listening or you, Andy, if you're going to be at a show and you'd love to connect, hit me up. Um, maybe I'll make a special trip. Um, and, you know, us, our facility in Alabama, the doors are always open. Um, and I'm in Atlanta, I'm, I'm Eastern North Carolina, Atlanta all the time. But uh, awesome. You know, I, I love to connect. That's how I, I didn't have other events on my schedule. And now I've got quite a few. I'm going to be in D.C. in November. And I think I am going to go down to MJ BizCon just because same thing. Everybody's like, are you going? Are you going? Are you going? And now I've got FOMO and feel like I'll miss out if I don't. So <laughs> I'll go. FOMO. I was supposed to go, um, but that trip got covered up by another trip. And I hate yeah. that. But oh, yeah. Well, it happens. Yes. Life's life's life. Well, thank you again very much for joining everybody else. Come back tomorrow. We've got two great speakers uh, for the rest of the week. Tomorrow, we've got Nick Walters with the National Hemp Co-op. He'd be a great contact for you. Justin, he's got some great things going on. Um, and talking about farmers and different projects they're working on. And then on Thursday, Greg Gerdeman is coming on. Um, for those of you who have not heard Greg speak, he's excellent. Been 20 plus years in the cannabis industry and really involved in the uh, discovery with the endocannabinoid system and the education uh, surrounding that. So it's good pretty work. Pretty cool. Uh, so tomorrow, 10 o'clock and Thursday, 10 o'clock, same place on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Well, other than that, Justin, thank you very much. We'll see you next time. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Andy. Have a good one.